<laughs> what was that laugh for? I'm laughing at the fact that you said there was room in football for one more podcast and now you've got more than you can possibly handle. I find that hilarious. Hello and welcome back to a special bonus edition of the Stadio podcast in Ringer FC. I'm Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. And today we are talking about Project Big Picture. <laughs> what a shit name. Yeah, I mean, we, we uh, I know, strange title. Project Big Picture, I mean. Is it? A more accurate description would be Project Corporate Coup, I guess. That's what it kind of is. So in outline, the Premier League's longest established clubs have proposed a bailout for clubs in the leagues below the Premier League, which would involve giving substantially more power to nine clubs than the rest of the league, basically. So preferential voting rights. Yeah. I mean, the long story short means that the plan would be for initially £250 million to go from the Premier League to the three tiers below it. Right. This is the amount that Rick Parry was after, who's the chair of the EFL, the English Football League. The two drivers behind it apparently are John Henry from Liverpool and Joel Glazer from United. So Manchester United and Liverpool are apparently the two clubs who are the driving forces behind it. Now, it's got a lot of pushback, this stuff. Mm. Rightly so. And I think the main reason why is because the traditional, what they call the top six, so Manchester United, Manchester City, Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, Spurs, plus Everton, West Ham and Southampton, as you mentioned, would be given preferential voting rights, which means, so at the moment in the Premier League, for anything to go through, is it 14 out of the 20 clubs have to agree? Right, one club, one vote, yeah. This would mean that only six of them would need to agree on something in order to approve any changes or veto any changes or proposals within the Premier League. Another thing that they've proposed is that the Premier League will be reduced to 18 clubs and that two will go down, two will come up from the championship and then the third from bottom will go into a playoff against the relevant club in the championship. So very much kind of like how the the Bundesliga do it at the moment in Germany. But there are some really good potential solutions, I think, in this. One of them is that the... EFL will receive more money going forward than it does currently in terms of TV rights. So the TV rights would be sold as part of a bigger whole. And they're also proposing salary caps on championship clubs to stop overspending, which is something that the EFL started bringing in lower down the table anyway. However, as per usual with something like this, it's never done out of goodwill. And it's never done for, to quote, the big men who organise all of football, apparently. It's never done for the good of the game. It's masquerading as being done for the good of the game. And ultimately, there will be some elements in there that are really good for English football. But it also contains some stuff in there that is absolutely dreadful for English football. So it's a weird thing, I think. Uh, I think it's um, a cheap way to purchase permanent control of the Premier League pyramid for those nine clubs. It's like putting the ladder up behind them. It's just really interesting that Manchester United's owners, who've been so terrible for the club, would under this have preferential rights to veto new owners of Manchester United. 
It's absolutely awful. And I think this reflects really badly on Liverpool because I think Manchester United already had a PR problem. Like their owners are already beyond the pale. But it reflects really badly on Liverpool. I think they were involved in this really badly. Um, because, look, here's the thing. The clubs in the English Football League are desperate for bailout. I mean, you're desperate. If you're drowning and a passing ship throws your life belt, you grab the life belt. Yeah. And the challenge is now on the other football authorities to provide another ship. And actually the best suggestion of all, I think, was given by Lars Sivertsen on Twitter, who basically said, why don't we just take these proposals without the preferential rights? Yeah. The thing that worries me, Ryan, with this Project Big Picture, already, and I know Twitter's not representative, but can often be indicative, you already have the kind of partisanship building up of, well, look, at least someone came up with a plan. The authorities came up with a plan. No one else came up with them. But actually, my thinking is, well, it's actually really, co- first of all, this plan was leaked. Secondly, it's really complex to come up with a plan that's for the good of everyone and to get buy-in from big clubs where there's not a direct incentive for them. Yep. It's really hard. So that's why we haven't seen a proposal because actually it's more complex to think of a solution that benefits everyone rather than one which benefits a few people. And if you don't, want, if you don't think that's evidence of anything, look at the way our governments are run and look how easy it is to come up with a selfish proposal as opposed to one that benefits everyone. It's just really, really hard. And if you'd taken this same plan round and tried to get sign-off from all these people, including Manchester United's owners, it would have been far harder because they would have said, what's in it for me? Because these clubs, surprise, surprise, have been run exclusively for the large part on what's in it for me. Mm-hmm. It's why we're actually in this mess. And it's so interesting how, you know, the pandemic's brought this inequality to light and everyone's going, give us the bailout. I was like, hang on a minute. These people, COVID or not, these clubs, COVID or not, are responsible to a large extent for much of your financial precarity because they haven't allowed the money to flow down. And now you're playing catch up. And it, it's something's a bit grotesque, actually, Ryan, about the short memories of, of football clubs and of football supporters. Are we really that desperate to chase glory in the short term? Are we really that desperate for big, shiny new signings? That we look at some of the detail here, like, you know, getting rid of like the League Cup. Get rid of the Community Shield as well. Oh, oh it's, it's, it's not something we care directly about, so bin it off. No, actually. There's a real value there. There's a real opportunity for silverware for other clubs and it's not important to you. I don't know, Ryan. I just feel like, and this is not just specific to football, it's a wider thing in society, but I get really, really angry at how easily swayed people are by the prospect of a short-term benefit. Mm. It's really dangerous because you see it with so many things. Oh, how did we get here? How did we get here? Well, two years ago, people warned you and didn't listen. How do we get here? Look, here's the thing. If we sign this project big picture, this thing goes through. I guarantee three years later, a ton of people who were like, oh, no one else had a plan will be like, we shouldn't have signed up to this. We'll be like, well, we tried to warn you. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. 
apparently the Premier League were blindsided by this a little bit and are understandably right. furious because it feels like the clubs are taking control away from the league. Mm. But this is kind of on the Premier League because if you're going to form a breakaway league, which is what the Premier League was essentially, yeah, you need to safeguard this from happening in the future. Now, it's really easy to sit here, what, 28 years after the Premier League started and to say this is actually what you should have done. But it was so clear that the money that was going into the Premier League was increasing at such a clip that clubs were just going to fall further and further behind. The FA should have stepped in ages ago. Yep. And the problem that I have with it is that, you know, the club that I support and the club that you support are both clubs who would be beneficiaries of this new system. And I hate it, if I'm being honest. Likewise. My point on this is kind of like, well, where do you expect this to end, guys? Do you know, where do you really expect this to I've end? I've got a theory about this. I think this is the closest thing to a Super League you get without a Super League. And it's taking all the benefits of the Super League as a breakaway, which would be hideously unpopular and politically very difficult to sell. So it's basically like a Super League in plain sight. Mm. It's a Super League in plain sight. And the reason why I say that is, imagine if one of these really huge clubs or these nine self-appointed, like longer serving, whatever, is in danger of going down. What kind of machinations are we going to see? We're going to start seeing the reintroduction of certain parachute payments. If one of these nine clubs is at risk of relegation, and it's not, not impossible that Southampton or West Ham could struggle, you know, man, West Ham and Southampton are one bad managerial appointment away from being in the drop zone. All of a sudden, this scheme, the teeth of this scheme will be fully bared for all. And that sounds really cynical, but I'm just thinking, look at the, look at the Super League. Look how long that's been mooted and look at the pushback that's had from everywhere, right? This is the way to achieve it. You get the support of the institutions and the structures, but you get to kind of carve out your own preferential treatment. It's like having a VIP member in a nightclub. Mm. It's like a, a VIP zone. And it's like, but having said that, this again is the Premier League's fault because the precedent for this kind of behavior was set by that first breakaway. Mm. The second you do that, it's a bit like the, it's a bit like the fit and proper test. Mm. And we've said this before, it, it didn't begin with Manchester City and the current ownership and all those, those challenges or the attempt to take over Newcastle. It began with Shinawatra in 2008, maybe even before that, or you could talk about not just the Bramovich, but other things, you know, procedures. It, it started earlier and the Glazer ownership of United, you know, that has been a disaster for football and for Manchester United as well, I think. Despite the money spent by United, it has been, I think, in the long term, a disaster mm. um, for the club because on the pitch, it's been terrible. And... It's a sad reality, but it's funny you say like, you know, how many years ago people couldn't have seen. Actually, in a funny way, look at David Conn and his investigative work. David Conn was talking about this and was worried about just this kind of outcome mm. because the pie gets bigger, but you've enabled and entitled people to feel like that pie grew primarily because of them and they should be permanently entitled to an ever-expanding slice of the pie as the pie itself expands, you know, this is, um, this is the march of footballing capitalism. This is just what it, and it's, it's not inevitable, but it's gone unchecked. If that makes sense. The one thing I would stress is that yeah, this money is needed and it's needed badly. And right, it, to right. be honest, it was needed ages ago. Mm, yeah. I feel that the EFL and the Premier League should have taken this among themselves and they may have done, and I'm not privy to it, but mm from what I can gather from what I've read it's very much like just bits and pieces all over the place but what I can gather is that 
some, this is something that is ongoing talks wise and they're, they're miles away from what they imagine the final plan to be. Yes. Which in one sense is encouraging, but in another sense is really quite terrifying because these clubs don't have that time. Right. And they don't have time to be held to ransom by the Premier League. No. But ultimately they may have to be. And it's borderline mafia behavior. It's like they give you the money, but you're in their pocket. And it just makes me feel gross, to be honest. Mm. Because, and I know that we have a tendency to really go after people at the top of the, of the game in situations like this, but they're the people who are responsible for this, that, this mess. It's not the players, it's not the coaches, it's not the fans. The fans are the least to blame here. It's the people at the top who wear the suits, who make the decisions, and they make decisions that are so short-sighted and have done for so many years that they are left with a scenario where you go, well, yeah, it sucks, but at least you get your money. And like, I'm sorry, but like, what are we doing again? We're doing this all over again. And <laughs> it's a real shame that even a plan that as icky as it is and the way that it's been handled has some genuinely good ideas in there. Yep, yep. I can't stress that point enough. It has some genuinely good ideas in there. I'm absolutely in favour of a percentage of the Premier League TV money being distributed among the lower leagues, especially in a time like now. However, I'm not remotely interested in clubs such as the team that I support being able to negotiate their own TV deals in order to maximise money and pull them further away from the rest. No, again, it's the, it's the wrong way that we're looking at this. We need to bring everyone else up not just prop them up and let the top nine or whatever blast off into the stratosphere. Yeah. Because they're already so far ahead of everyone. You look at the amount of money that the Premier League spent in the transfer window during a fucking pandemic where clubs have furloughed staff, made redundancies, and clubs in all of the three leagues below them are struggling day to day, let alone before getting into the National League and stuff like that, as we covered on the Macclesfield thing. Yet they have absolutely obliterated every single league in Europe, in the world, for net spending during the previous transfer window. Yeah. In a pandemic, Musa, It's gross. And I'm obviously conflicted here because I'm so happy that Arsenal got Thomas Partey as a player. I'm delighted. And I'm actually really delighted that the way that it happened was that Stan Kroenke put the money in his pocket and paid for it himself. However, if he was prepared to drop £50 million or whatever it was, 50 million euros, on a player out of his own pocket, then why the hell did he have to make 55 people redundant without putting his hand in his pocket? Right. Why is this happening? Why are people at the very top level of the game able to compartmentalise stuff like that to such a degree that it is borderline worrying behaviour? I don't get it. I think that, this is the thing, it's an excellent point you make. And I think, I think unfortunately, the simple and terrifying answer to that question is that the only language these people understand is money. It really is, Ryan. If you're not a footballing asset to them, then you're out. And it sounds grim, but that's just basically what this is about. There is, uh, Robbie Fowler said it in his um, autobiography years ago, there is no sentiment in football. There is absolutely no sentiment in football when all, and he said this, I mean, goodness knows how long ago he wrote that. That was, you know, how many years ago and it remains true and all we can do is continue to raise these objections along with countless other voices and hope that some of it resonates 
within an organization with people who've got far more leverage than we do. Because this plan right here, this carrot that's been dangled, desperate people will snatch at it and it could go through. We don't know. I don't think it would. I don't think this goes through as it is at all. If I was the Premier League or anyone high up at the Premier League, I would be lobbying hard against every single club, propose basically the same thing, but without the voting restrictions. Because apparently there are some clubs that are really on the fence about it. Apparently Arsenal and Spurs are really on the fence about it. And all they need is 14 votes. Mm. So, I mean, I don't, it's me kind of speculating, being like... Speculating on a what-if podcast, really? I know, exactly. Just after a what-if podcast, and I'm already speculating, what if I was the chairman of the Premier League? (laughs) But they have to work something out because they don't have the time, Musa. And this is the thing that I've said before that really worries me about this, is that they're going to dangle that carrot. Yeah. And I just really hope that, as I said before, some genuinely good ideas and some genuinely club-saving ideas and schemes within a proposal don't come at the cost of something that is just going to further put the nail in the coffin of competition at the very top level in England. Because there's no going back from this. This is the problem. This is a permanent inequality being entrenched. It's and a ultimately, what's the point? What's the point in having nine clubs you get to vote more than the rest of the league I'm sorry that's nonsense imagine if the NBA gave preferential voting rights to like the Lakers and the Celtics and whoever like the top three teams who won championships underneath like five out of the 30 franchises got more say than the rest voting wise you just never have it because I know it's a bit of a different system but at least the NBA has control of their league This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. They're doing this as a precursor to a Super League. That's what this is. It's a long, it's a long game. It sounds super cynical. But what is that but a long game? It, it creates a world where you're one step closer to a Super League without a straight breakaway. 
do you know what, man? At the, where I'm at at the moment, I know it sounds like I'm being really personal and like I'm having an argument with a friend here, but let him go. Look, we said this, but didn't we say this? Didn't yeah. we say this before? Let him go. We said this before, didn't we? Like we said like, if they really are that desperate to cut mm. themselves off from a thing that everyone loves and enjoys so much, because here's the thing, the championship is an incredible league. It's an amazing league. It's an amazing league. And here's the thing, actually, I think that there's, um, if you look at great clubs and what they've built for themselves, you look at Manchester United and Barcelona, these are clubs that were doing incredible things on the field for a long time. What killed them? Unforced errors. Mm. Problems from within. And I would say to Liverpool, actually, this is an opportunity for you to lead the way in a really exciting fashion. You've got a lot of goodwill, a lot of great footballers coming through. And I know there are great people in that organisation because I know some of them, right? doing amazing work, doing incredible work, lead, for goodness sake, lead, because there is a moral vacuum at the top of English football at the moment. Yeah, and do you know what? The hope that I have from this, actually, is that at least there's a conversation now. Yes. And I think that a lot of people will be thinking, okay, this is legit now, this is real, this is a genuine threat. Someone needs to take charge. Yes. And the one thing that I do hope is that someone at the top, the Premier League, the FA, the Football League, get together without the clubs and basically formulate a plan that prioritises the needs. Because this is ultimately about the money and this is what makes it so gross for me. Yes. It's that, yeah, we'll give you the money, but, you know, you're going to need some more voting rights. It's no, no, actually, if that means, if you're prepared to give up the money, that means the money is there. Exactly. So just give them the money. Can I be honest as well? The money was always there. The money was there 10 years ago. It was there 15 years ago. Mm. And the Premier League would be really smart if they came out and said, how interesting. If we look at your combined spending in the transfer window yep. alone. Yep. Yep. Oh, oh, well, mm, well, how much money is this actually to you? How much money is, is a couple hundred million compared to what you have, what you've laid out? Oh, Manchester United, you've laid out a billion since Sir Alex Ferguson went. How interesting. And how have you funded that? Oh, how interesting. The only problem the Premier League has, of course, is that its fit and proper test has allowed these individuals mm -hmm. into the firmament. So in a way, unfortunately, the Premier League has kind of destroyed itself from within because its fit and proper person test did not involve people who cared about the stewardship of the game of football. So it's, you know, it's, I'm not saying the Premier League can't act, I mean, they should, but they have obviously have, they obviously have um, substantial logistical and maybe even ethical challenges in doing so. But they should still yeah. push forward because weirdly enough, they probably get a lot of criticism. Some is warranted, some is unwarranted. But this is one of the times when they actually have the people at their backs, I think. They still have the people at their backs. If they play their cards right six months from now, smaller clubs could be laughing. And I really hope so, because it, the thing, the, the great thing about this is that it would mean that smaller clubs don't have to worry about bringing fans back to, to, to generate revenue for the next season. And that's a really, really important thing to happen. Just thought, match, gov match government funding. I get match government funding. Think about this, right? Look how much money the government has spent on track and trace. Was it 12 billion? Look how much it's spent on masks. It's spent 12 billion on masks and track and trace that hasn't worked. Okay. You're telling me that there is not a large amount of money. Just have it out of contract for 110 million to a, um, a, a newly formed company. Like the government's got money to match funding with the Premier League to help smaller clubs. 
what an incredible PR win that is. Yeah, but they wouldn't do it, Musa. If they were, if they, if they cared about PR, they know they knew this would have leaked, you know. And the, the fact is that Premier League clubs spent over a billion pounds yep, yep. in the most recent transfer window, and for the sake of a quarter of that to genuinely save football in the lower divisions, they want all of this extra power grab. It's just just doesn't sit well with me, to be honest. And I really hope it gets resolved because those clubs need it, like we've mentioned. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. Obviously, this is just an initial leak. My anger here isn't about the fact that I think this is going to go through. It's the fact that this is how it was. From a football fan point of view, and I know there are a lot of people who will be listening to this who will just be like, what are you on about? Who cares? Shut up. Stop crying kind of thing. I would just love one day for there to be something like this come out where you read it and you go, wow, that's genuinely really good across the board and doesn't come at the cost of some kind of further greed because it's a game that we love so much. It creates an immense amount of joy for so many people and it creates some of the best moments that we've ever had in our lifetimes. And yet you're constantly reminded how grotesque it is at the very top level. And it's a real head fuck to get around. So yeah, anything else you want to add on that? No, I'm good. You know what? I, I'm glad that I threw some ideas out into the ether and I'm glad you did too. Um, and I think it's a great shame that money has so much contempt for regular fans, supporters, people that love their clubs. But I hope that we contributed to the conversation. And I want to also thank everyone that's engaged with us on issues like this, not just the on-field stuff, but the off-field stuff. And I hope wherever you are, you're all taking care of yourselves. Yeah, you know, obviously hydration is, hydration goes without saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad we spoke our truth on this stuff. We're like the, t- we're like the footballing equivalent of the... Um, Statman Waldorf. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to say go. that. You've yeah. got the laugh. You've got the laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Start Basically, we'll just be like, well, what are you doing, Premier League? Like, hey, John Henry, get out of here. What I will say before I go, and I'll let you obviously close it. Uh, um, what I will say is that Macclesfield podcast we did reminded me that even if you're just a couple of voices raising objection, it does have an impact far greater than you would imagine. So I just want to put this down as a bit of a marker and say how we feel about it in the hope that being one of countless voices as part of this tide will help shift something. But let's uh, cross our fingers on that. Hey, if you yell at enough clouds, one of them will hear you. <laughs> exactly. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Stick that in a fortune cookie. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like, if you yell at enough clouds, one of them will rain on you. And I thought, oh, that would have been... I was going to, but I'm just like, you know, got my little one that follows me around all the time. Oh, Ryan. Oh. <laughs> it's called the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> what are we playing out on? Actually, we're not going to play out on anything. Because it's a little bonus one. We're just going to play out on our music this time. But we'll be back on Thursday with a conceptual one. Take care, everyone. Stay safe and well. Because I have to cut this now. <laughs> I have to cut Moose's interpretation of the Stadio theme tune. All right, everyone. Take care. We'll be back on Thursday. See you then. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere.
Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side by side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.